0: Blog Talk Radio. Good evening, and welcome to Mets 360 here on Blog Talk Radio. I'm your host, Brian Jorah, and I'm very pleased to be uh, rejoined again tonight. Uh, Welcome back to the uh, podcast, uh, former Two Guys star, Michael Geis. Michael, thanks for joining us. You're welcome, Brian. Good evening. Uh, Well, let's get right to it. Um, The Mets have uh, made some moves here recently, and uh, I want to know what are your thoughts on
1: the Adrian Gonzalez signing. Uh, it didn't make me, It might surprise you a little bit, Brian? It didn't make me run out and buy extra tickets. I didn't get uh-huh.
0: that excited. Didn't you, didn't you tell but, me that you uh, like canceled your plan or cut back
1: on your plan? I actually, I I still have my plan. I, I, I won't get into it tonight, but I have a little bit of a dispute going on with them about my plan, but I do still have my plan. But I do know a lot, you know, so a little, a little off topic. Uh, But I do know a lot of people gave up plans. Uh, I don't know what that's going to mean. It's a small sample size, but I know a lot of people gave up plans. Well, uh, when you lose
0: 92 games,
1: that's what happens. Yeah, yeah, that's right. That's right. So uh, getting back to Gonzalez, uh, I mean, you know, as long as they're not stupid about the situation, obviously there's not really real money, I'm sure, being spent here. Uh, there's no real risk to give up anything from if they want to have him on a roster and see if there's anything in the tank. And if they get something out of him and they don't overuse him uh, or overcommit, you know, in any way, shape or form, then, you know, fine, go for it. You know, everybody gets a, has a right to take chances in life. Uh, my fear would be that somehow, you know, they give them 250 at bad at bats before, you know, they do something about it at uh, that's that's what would be that's what worries me
0: Oh, that's a huge concern. The only reason that I'm not tearing all of my hair out is because Terry Collins isn't around anymore, and I think you could almost guarantee that that would be the situation if PC was still in charge because, you know, he loves the veterans. But Gonzalez will be 36, uh, I think, in in May of this year. And I think if you go back and, and look at the history in the last, oh, I don't know, 20, 25 years or so, and look at the guys who are 35 coming off of an injury and coming off of a poor year, not too many of those guys bounce back. And I, I just don't see this being good in any way, shape, or form.
1: Yeah. I don't think I just showed a ton of optimism about it either. Happy to be, you know, happy to be wrong. Every once in a while uh, you'll get a guy like this that somehow maybe has one per year in the tank and you, Get something decent out of him, you know, because he, he does ha- He was a talented player. Uh, I, you know, I uh, remember watching Jose Valentin, uh, and he was struggling in the beginning of the year in 2006, and watching him just take BP, he couldn't even hit the ball out of the infield. And I said, "This guy's shot. Why are we even carrying this guy on the roster?" And then he did have, uh, you know, one more year in him. He, that was it. <laughs> But he had one more year in him, so do you want to take But of those course, we re-signed him for 2007. Well, that's yeah. I was trying to stay away from that. Um, uh, hopefully, hopefully two things. Hopefully, the one more year in him. Hopefully, then we all re-sign him for 2019. You know, I think as a as a general rule, if if
0: I was running a, a, a professional sports team, I would never look to rely on the dead cat bounce. Just Right. doesn't seem to be a good business strategy. All right, well, let's talk about a guy that they've also recently signed, and, and maybe this one is a, a better business strategy. Tell me what you think about signing Jay Bruce for uh, three years
1: and $39 million. Is that a good deal or not? Yeah, I think that's a good deal. I, I, I've i always really liked Bruce. It seems like me and Sandy seem to really like Bruce. he's <laughs> just getting feeling he really likes him. I mean, you know, he, he was rumored. You know, before the year before they got him, he was rumored as a target. Then they got him. Then, then, uh, then you know, he was back again last year. Obviously, even though there was a lot of talk about maybe moving him in the off season, they moved him. Now, even though, which is, I, I was trying to think of that's like an unprecedented Met move to have a guy that we trade. You know, and then and then still sign. He was a free agent. It's I, I, it's unprecedented to me. I don't remember that being ever a Met st- a Met move. Uh, so uh, they they seem to really like him. I like him. I think he's a professional. I remember last year when there was a little bit of Nash the teeth of he was going to block this guy or that guy. I kind of a believer in you know get as many. I'm okay with as many good players as possible and usually over the course of a season and we saw that last year uh you'll need them all and he's a professional hitter he's not a great player but he's a professional hitter and he's a good player and you know what we need some professional players on the team so uh i, I like him i i liked him in first base by the way uh, which doesn't seem to be what they're thinking
0: uh, no, I was just over at Mets blog before we started, and they were talking about uh, Bruce was saying he was only going to play first base in a pinch. So that certainly doesn't mm-hmm. sound like they've got plans to to play him there 50 games out of the season or, or anything like that. Yeah. But you brought up something that, that I thought was real interesting, and you just said how it wasn't the, ets, the Mets MO to, to trade somebody and then re-sign them. And I was sitting there trying to think of – somebody who perhaps they had done that with and I was coming up with a blank mostly because I was remembering how when they traded Carlos Beltron I wanted them to do that with him
1: yeah. but um, yeah.
0: uh, there, there probably was too much uh, bad uh, bad blood between both the player and the organization at that point to do it and and like you pointed out Sandy seems to be one of the Jay Bruce's biggest fans Uh, around, so obviously a a different set of circumstances this time. But I want to bring up one thing and and get your feedback on it. I like Jay Bruce. I think that this is a good contract for what Jay Bruce is likely to produce. My issue, I guess, is for this, the 2018 Mets, is this the best use of resources?
1: Well, I – go this way with it. I I, I saw that news report today uh, that they're saying, you know, May or, you know, they're already to May for Conforto. Right. Uh, again, I thought it was an open use of resources because uh, I'm just not a Don Smith guy. And I thought, hey, maybe we've got to tell somebody to play first base for now. Um. I, if they say, if they're saying May, I'm yeah, I'm figuring August. That's just, just <laughs> the way... Has anyone in the history, you know, of just the Wilcons have owned this team? Uh, is so old. Has anyone in the history of the franchise come back sooner than the target date? So I think Bruce is going to be playing a, a lot of right field, and it will probably be needed to do so. Uh, it's, it's very unfortunate, but I have a feeling that's the case. Okay. Well,
0: um... Uh, the Mets' uh, 40-man roster was full, and in, since then they've signed the, both uh, Gonzalez and Bruce. They've officially announced the Bruce signing, so they had to, to make a roster move, and they dropped Kevin McGowan. Now, me personally, I would have dropped Josh Moker, who we all know is terrible. And I want to know, what do you think? Who would you have dropped from the 40-man roster to make room for uh, Bruce? Well, the first question I
1: would have is, do, do I have to like just go with a thirty man, thirty nine man roster, and not have either one of those guys on the forty? <laughs> right, I'm not a big. Fan. I mean, I have to share your opinion, the smoker. But I didn't see anything from McGowan that made me think that we're gonna have any problem. You know that he's ever gonna that we're gonna have any problem not having McGowan. So I think uh, the way it should play is I, I that you know eventually it's still still some moves to be made. Uh, I, I think Smoker's going to end up off this roster too. You would think he's next to go.
0: So right now the forty man roster is twenty three.
1: I guess I guess an issue question and pick one of. Oh, you, you said
0: cut them all. <laughs> what I heard was cut them all. It doesn't make any difference. So yeah, um, that's but, what I said. <laughs> So right now the 40 man has 23 pitchers and, and 17 position players. And we yeah. know that Adrian Gonzalez is going to come on and needs to, to yeah. be added. So they need to make a uh, a move for that. And certainly indications are that they're going to add another infielder. So there's got to be at yeah. least two more moves or likely That's to be right. two more moves to be made. So it'll right. be real curious to see how the, the, the composition ends up being. and. You know, obviously, every team has fungible guys at the end of the 40-man, although, you know, you tend Mm -hmm. to build them up. It's like, oh, my God, we're going to lose Kevin McGowan. It's the end of the world, blah, 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 blah. Right. But, you know, McGowan did come up, and and, uh, he certainly looked serviceable. I mean, I I wouldn't have said that the the righty relievers they traded for who came up did any better than he did last year. But, you know, they don't have that uh, new toy sheen. So... Um, the, it's a tough also, spot, you know.
1: They, I think the guys they traded for. There's also the you know the political reality of they traded guys for those guys. Exactly. And so exactly. you know, but if, if before we even get to April of this year, they start cutting any of those guys, you know, they're not looking for they 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 don't they don't get enough bad press. they don't go looking for it. So I think that's a factor. That's not. I know that's not a great factor and it should all be based on baseball, but I think it's probably a factor. Yeah,
0: you know, one of the guys they traded for, uh, came over in the Addison Real Reed deal was um I I hope I'm pronouncing his name right, Gerson Bautista. And I think he's the same age as McGowan, except he was an A ball last year. And I I know he he supposedly throws ninety nine miles an hour, which is wonderful and I I don't want to dismiss that, but why is a guy who's in a ball more valuable than a guy who was able to pitch in the majors last year at essentially the same age? It's crazy, man. Yeah. All right. Well um, let's uh, we, we made reference to uh, a potentially another move beyond the, the Bruce and Gonzalez and uh, Sandy Alderson, he indicated that he was more likely to make a free agent signing than a trade. And I want to know: do you, Is there anybody out there who you think winds up on the Mets? Any free agents? Uh,
1: yeah, I, I've looked at the list, and and I mean, so you know, I, I, the guy I would be going after, they you wouldn't think they're going after. They they sometimes can surprise you at the end of the day, but uh, I, I I still really haven't understood. I, I think Kane's a fit. You know, I understand he's not on the cheaper end. I don't know, you know, i yeah, I don't know. I don't I don't see anybody else. I am I'm not impressed with the free agent infielders that I'm looking at. I don't see where you're getting the second baseman there. I mean uh, Kendrick was uh a, a possibility he's off the board. I'm having a hard time figuring out who do you, have you seen anybody, Brian? Am I missing a name here? Should I be thinking this? funny that I'm not thinking of?
0: Before the uh the off season started in earnest, we had a thing over at the blog where we made predictions, I think it was 17 guys this year, where where they would end up and how much they would sign for. And I don't remember mm-hmm. what I predicted that the contract would be, but I predicted that the Mets would sign Todd Frazier. Uh it just seems to be a fit that mm-hmm. makes mm-hmm. sense. Uh mm-hmm. I think that uh, Mustakas is the the one who's going to get the higher contract of the the free agent third baseman, but I mm-hmm. think that uh, sure. Fraser will get uh, fewer dollars, but he might end up being the better player. And the one thing that he brings to the table that the club desperately needs is he's a he's a good defensive player, and I think the Mets infield last year was just horrible defensively and I'm much more of an offensive guy and and I usually adopt the philosophy of a yeah 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 we'll live with the defense but after seeing the infield defense last year when they were trotting out Jose Reyes at third base or Wilmer Flores and then um, Cabrera at shortstop I mean and uh, Neil Walker wasn't setting the world on fire either I mean that was it was it was horrible and and I think that they're going to do themselves a lot of favor if they upgrade defensively. And they've already put uh, Rosario at shortstop, which I think is going to be a a huge upgrade. And I think if they added somebody like Frazier, that would make a lot of sense to me.
1: Yeah, and I mean, look, you're, you know, thinking it over, you're probably right. Frazier even fits. I mean, the the if we're talking about what they, you know, not what I would do, but what they would do, you know, they they don't value speed uh so they don't value contact uh they do value power so you know they they could use a third baseman and a center fielder I don't think they're getting both so i think you have a uh, you you probably got the guy that they're targeting that we'll, we'll find out and i do yeah, think I have Shane another was move in them. i at that i do think
0: I think Kane was always a long shot for this team, just because I don't think they were going to step up and pay the money it was going to take to land right. him. Mm-hmm. But I think the mm-hmm. the Bruce trade, oh, not the trade, the Bruce acquisition, uh, just takes that from unlikely to impossible.
1: Probably, I mean, you just do know. I mean, and they turned around and gave the his twenty five million last year at some point. So, like, that's it's just a weird situation because you don't know what's. Possible and what's not <laughs> possible, and, and I think that so they're a weird team. Follow that way, you know, because the parameters are whatever you know. Somebody knows what they are, and it's not <laughs> us. <laughs> and I don't you, even know you if bring up saying. a you.
0: You bring up a good point though, because last year they they gave out uh, a huge contract to Cespedes. I, I think it might even be a few more than you said. I think it's twenty seven million.
1: And they're already
0: carrying David Wright and his $20 million deal, even though insurance is likely going to kick back some of that on there. But you can't just expect a team to add a $25 million salary every year. No team does that. And, you know, maybe you'd like to see him do it in back-to-back years, but um I, I just don't think it's it was realistic even before all of the payroll information came out particular team was going to add another twenty million dollar guy to the roster
1: yeah hey, i just when it comes to that stuff, I just find it hard to gauge It's just really difficult to to gauge so i just i just find it hard to 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 follow uh I, not expecting them to have a $300 million payroll. I don't have any expectations. I don't, cause I don't know what, cause it's just hard to, to figure out They don't seem to have a, a, a I think it, you know, we've seen, I've seen things where they say that, that player by player, the opponents make the decision on whether to spend. So I think it's it might be that simple, that they don't have a budget so much as they like to decide play by player what to do. So it's just hard to know.
0: Well, speaking of things that are hard to know, let's talk about Brandon Nimmo because uh, there's been reports recently that the Mets were not willing to include him in a, a trade for either uh, Josh Harrison or Andrew McCutcheon. Yet at the same time, they're not willing to play him. So explain to me how does that work? Um, My
1: feeling on that is I kind of get why they don't play him that much. He's kind of a nice spot guy. I I don't see the tools. Maybe I'm not being fair to him, you know, that he should be playing more than he plays. As far as the rest of it, you know, I've always been – I'm always suspicious of that, you know, when, 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 you know, it would be, oh, the Mets couldn't pick up Eddie Gregorius because the only way that trade was getting done was with Syndergaard. And then, you know, Yankees trade, you know, they trade for him. And that's just one example. I don't buy a lot of times, you know, whoever plants with a friendly writer oh, we wouldn't trade Nemo, and that's why it didn't happen. Who knows why these things don't happen? Only the guys that are really talking them over or whether you're really targeting the guy. Maybe you just want to pick up the scenario, with you know, whatever it is. So I, I, it doesn't add up. I'm sorry, right? You know, oh, you can't trade them for a legit player, but you can't play them, so I'm going to call BS on the whole thing.
0: All right, well, uh, I, since I brought him up, let's talk a little bit about Andrew McCutcheon, who uh, both last year and this year was at least somewhat uh, on the Mets' radar, and then he ended up uh, being traded to the Giants for what seemed to, to me almost like uh, uh, not a whole lot. Uh, there was a, a hard-throwing reliever who they can maybe dream on that will turn into a closer a minor league guy that I never heard of. And I think it was $500,000 in international bonus pool money, which I mean, frankly seems like an extremely small price for Andrew McCutcheon. What do you think?
1: Yeah, I think it, 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 uh, I, I think they got McCutcheon on, you know, I think it's about money. I really do. You know, I think it was, they're willing to pay McCutcheon. I mean, different situation because the money's, even on a much higher, higher crazy level. But I mean, you know, look what Stanton went for as far as players go. Uh, I think that, you know, some, you know, you get situations where if you're willing to be the one still left paying the guy, you know, you don't have to give up that much anymore. We saw the same thing with the, the rental markets change that way. You know, we happen to be in the seller end of this last year and, you couldn't get much of anything for any, you know, for anybody, uh, you know, teams, I think all these teams have started to figure out that the real value um, are guys in, you know, years zero to four uh, that, that can produce, and they don't want to trade their prospects and, you know, it takes two to make a market. And so when you're in a situation where you're trying to trade a, an older player, you can't find much on the other side as far as a market of people willing to give up much good youth anymore. I think the game is changing that way.
0: Well, you bring up an excellent point. And uh, I think last year, when the Mets were involved in negotiations, it was going to be Stephen Matz and something else in order to even get in a discussion from McCutcheon. And I understand he's, he, if you got him this time last year You had him for two years And now if you trade right. him you only get him for one And and that mm-hmm. certainly has to be Factored into the equation But uh, mm-hmm. he McCutcheon got off To a horrible start last year But then, then turned it on uh, I don't know the last uh, three, four months Of the season And more of a typical McCutcheon type of year From that point forward And I just think it was a, a really nice get for the Giants And, and you know they I still think they're a little bit far away, but they're at least doing interesting stuff, picking up Longoria and now McCutcheon here
1: in the off season. Oh, definitely! I think the Giants are having a—you know—you don't win in the off season, but they're having a nice off season, right? They're, on paper they're doing nice things. All right, well, if if teams
0: can have good off seasons, I think individual players can have them too. Which brings us to to Juan Lagares who we just saw a picture of him because he's in St. Lucie working out with some teammates and there was a picture of him over on Mets blog. And, and the, he looks like he's trying out for the incredible Hulk. He's, he's huge. He's, he's built, he's, he's muscular. And, uh, you know, there's also talks about him, uh, working with the hitting coaches who transformed JD Martinez from, uh, uh, a borderline guy who was on the verge of being released to, uh, uh, a guy who's uh, a threat to hit 40 home runs every year. So I'm I'm wondering what do you what do you make of Juan Lagares? What are your expectations for him in
1: 2018? Uh, well, I, I I can tell you I'd like to see him play, especially uh you know, right up front this that, this opportunity because of the Conforto situation and uh I'm I've always been very big on outfield defense. You know, when, when balls drop in the outfield, a lot of times they turn into doubles, and uh, that's one thing. You know, Lagarus, if he can stay healthy, and I think that's really one of the keys with him. You know, he's got to stay on the field. Um, if he can stay healthy, he'll bring. You know, he's going to bring the glove. So then, you know, the issue's always been, can he hit enough? And you know, that's going to be the big question, I think. One thing is when the last time we were trying to play him on a regular basis, if you go back a few years, we had the issue where he really couldn't hit. And we were also playing a shortstop that couldn't hit. And you can't bat everybody eighth. I think that, you know, especially to your point, you sign someone like Frazier Cabrera moves over to second base you, you, at least, if you're playing Lagaris, you might you get the glove. You throw him down at eight. You see if he can finally start to hit a little. I, you know, I, I, he signed and you're paying him whatever you're paying him. I, if you know you don't have unlimited dollars, uh, you talk about you know how to use your resources. I'd be giving him a shot right now.
0: I've always been of the opinion that Lagarus needed to to revamp what kind of a player he was and there was two directions that he could have gone. One is he could have uh sold out for power, which is apparently what he's doing here in the offseason. Mm-hmm. And and the other one was that he he needed to to just try to to add some walks and and learn how to become a better bunter. I don't know if I've ever seen anybody who tried to bunt for a base hit. And foul off the ball as often as Lagaris does, <laughs> and I don't, I don't know if that's like uh, a subtle way of, well, I don't really want to bunt, but they're giving me grief about bunting, so I'm gonna bunt one foul so I can turn around and hack away at the next pitch. But <laughs> my God, the the, the guy, the I, I know they keep track of everything. They've got to keep track about foul uh, um, sure they uh, have bunt it. attempts for hits. And I, I guarantee you he'd be up on the leaderboard. But I, I'm very pleased that he's he's going for the power routine. And you know, if 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 he could if he could hit 25, 30 home runs and 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 be like this uh, uh, this generation's version of Mike Cameron, I think that would be a great thing.
1: Oh, that'd be that'd be wonderful.
0: That'd be a wonderful thing. All right, well, we've reached the, the crazy prediction uh, time of the, of the show, and I'm going to give you a crazy prediction. going to ask you to comment on it and then tell me whether or not you think it's crazy, and then I'm going to ask you for your crazy prediction. Okay, so here's mine. Mine is, despite the fact that the Mets picked up his option and, and are paying him uh, eight and a half nine million million, $9 million, whatever it is, as Jubal Cabrera will make fewer than 80 starts in 2018. So how crazy is that?
1: Uh, I think that's pretty crazy. I <laughs> think he's going to stop I will say. Well, <laughs> well so, good, good. So We're supposed to make crazy predictions. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to go with a positive crazy prediction. So the first Whitney, thing is I want to remind you, the last May I'm the guy that predicted that Hazel Robles would be closing by the end of the year. So I yes, can't make yes, a I worse recall. crazy prediction. I can't make a worse no. crazy. <laughs> Yeah. be crazy, be crazy, Mike, be crazy. Dial up the crazy. I'm going to predict for here. I'm I'm going to predict that Cespedes is going to stay healthy and play 150 games.
0: 150. As a Met fan, I'd love 50. it. As yeah. a Met fan, I would love that. But I I have to say that I think that's a little optimistic. Crazy. I don't know about crazy. I don't know about crazy. <laughs> I'm 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 gonna I'm I'm gonna go for the PC term and say optimistic
1: preseason, uh, you know, so I feel that's when, if I'm going to be crazy, be crazy
0: optimistic. <laughs> and, and I'm sure tomorrow we'll we'll see a, an article saying he's in the best shape of his life because it's the time uh, of year for those coming. types of things. And
1: everybody's going to predict
0: it. I'm out there already. Yep, you you were first. 150 games hmm. from Cephas. I love it. All right. So um, as long as we're talking about health, uh, let's talk about some of the the starting pitchers. And I want to know how many starts do you expect uh, from like the main four uh, starters for the Mets and that being Syndergaard and DeGrom and and Harvey and Mats. how uh, that quartet, how many starts do you think we'll get
1: in 2018? Uh, I'm optimistic uh, that we're going to get, you know, full load of starts. I mean, they, they baby these guys a little bit, so I won't put a number on it, but you know, Full full load of starts from Cinder Garden de Uh I'm pessimistic that we're gonna get a full a lot of I'm gonna say less than fifteen out of Matt and less than uh, it makes me sad to say this less than ten out of Harvey based on performance. Now,
0: I thought it was real interesting during the winter meetings, the Mets were at least entertaining the idea of trading Harvey. And then supposedly uh, Callaway and his pitching coach, Island, said, don't trade him. He's good. And I was really mm-hmm. encouraged by that. And I was also encouraged by the fact that, you know, this is team built around pitching. So they went out and hired a pitcher to be the manager. I'd I love that decision. And the fact that there's so much in Harvey's corner uh, it gives me hope as a Mets fan, so I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna bump Harvey up into that uh, full season of starts that you had for uh, Noah and Degrom. And I hope you're right. Well, on that note, when the guest agrees with me, oh, we we have to end on a high <laughs> note. We are out of time, Mike. Thanks for uh, thanks for joining us tonight, and uh, thanks for being on on the show again. Uh, thanks, uh, Brian, and let's go Mets. Let's go Mets, and thanks everyone for tuning in and listening, and we'll see you next Wednesday night at uh, 11 p.m. Eastern. Good night and goodbye.